Oh, it's going to be a spicy show tonight. We have this week in wokeism. Yes, I have Cuomo thoughts. They're not what you think. And Pastor Daryl Scott. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right. It's time for this week in wokeism. We have challenges. I'm talking about on the right. We have major, major challenges ahead of us. You know this. This is not news. And I'm not trying to bring you down. But we have challenges when it comes to each and every individual issue, right? We're not gaining ground on issues that are significant to us for the most part. Especially culturally, we're losing ground. But I think it's always important for you and I to keep something in mind. The main issue we on the right have, the main thing we need to fix about ourselves is we need to figure out the mentality of the communists. We need to understand more than anything else how these people think, why they do the things they do, because the right has missed this boat for so, so long. So many people, friends and family of yours, they think wrongly about the left. The right thinks these things about the left, and they're dead wrong. The right thinks, I can point out the hypocrisy and shame them. The right thinks, I can call them the real racists, and that will somehow make them make adjustments. The right thinks, the left looks at kids the same way the right does. I mean, how do you look at kids, especially other people's children? Oh, that looks nice. Uh, hands off. Hope they're being raised well. Uh, uh, don't want to interfere in how anybody's kids are raised, so I'll mind my business. Hopefully those parents mind their business. Hands off. You must understand, as we go into this week in wokeism, you must understand they look at your kids as their property. As their property. You, they look at you as being in the way. You're an obstacle. They don't look at your kids and think, ooh, man, hands off. Hope he's being raised right. They look and think, oh, we need to get him. Ooh, we really need to get mom and dad out of the way first. Can't have them learning that. Why do you think there's been such an aggressive push lately to go after schools, putting this critical race theory nonsense in schools? Why do you think there's been such a push to go after not just television and movies, kids' television and movies. Huge movies, Pixar movies, all of a sudden introducing their first lesbian character. Went to a movie this weekend with my sons. I didn't know, apparently I should have looked it up. One of the main characters, of course, had to be gay. Kids' movie. They don't look at kids the same way you and I look at kids. And until we understand that about the, right, about the left, until we understand they look at your kids as their property, we will never, ever be able to conquer them. I mean, Gonzo. Gonzo, of all things. Everybody knows who Gonzo is. Guy's been around since the 70s. We all grew up with Gonzo. Uh, granted, I think Gonzo is obnoxious, if I'm being honest, but we all grew up with Gonzo. Well, the left has just been obsessing over Gonzo's gender. It's really weird, which given that his voice is absolutely terrible, I can understand that. They're just obsessed about his gender. Well, I mean, this character who's been around for five decades, guess we found out his gender. There you are. You missed our royal ball. We met the most amazing princess. But they ran away, and all they left behind was this. 
Everyone, there's something I need to tell you. The princess who came to your ball tonight was me. <laughs> I'm Gonzarella. <gasps> but Gonzo, why didn't Vu tell us? Because you all expected me to look a certain way. I don't want you to be upset with me. But I don't want to do things just because that's the way they've always been done, either. I want to be me. Understand this. When whoever the writers are sat down to write that episode, they sat down to write an episode, a kid's show, and they were thinking to themselves, how can I manipulate your kids into thinking insanely the way I do. It's everywhere now. It's everywhere now. And these crazy groups, Daily Wire has an article out. There's a lobbyist group called GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D. They're pushing network studios. What are they pushing network studios to do? To push the LGBTQ, I don't know how many letters there are now, nonsense, into kids shows. Blue's Clues, My Little Pony, Arthur, and several others. That's why you've seen all this garbage all over kids' shows like Nickelodeon. I can't stress this enough. They don't look at kids like you look at kids. They look at your kids, specifically, as their property. Oh, it doesn't stop there for this week in wokeism. It doesn't just stop with kids. California, California has a new bill. AB 367, it's called. Not that that matters. Quote, states that access to menstrual products is a basic human right and is vital for ensuring the health, dignity, and full participation of all Californians in private life. The bill goes on to say that you must provide, the taxpayer must provide menstrual products for tra transgender men. That's our biggest, most powerful, most important state. And they're completely insane. Now, in case you're sitting there saying to yourself, whew, glad it's only California. I don't live there. I'm never going to fund anything like that. Sure about that? You know that new bill? The new infrastructure bill, right? Roads and bridges. Infrastructure. Critical infrastructure. Crumbling roads and bridges. You've heard all about them. The one, I think it was 17 Republicans voted for. Oh, I'm glad you asked. 2,149 pages, the bill was. It makes a point to highlight gender identity as a protected class along race, color, and religion. But wait, there's more, as the saying goes. Remember how I've been telling you America has a credibility problem, a credentials problem, to be specific? What do I mean by that? I mean, you see somebody, and he's supposedly an expert in his field, right? We'll use a doctor for our purposes now, but let's say you see a doctor. You say to yourself instinctively, okay, dude probably knows what he's talking about. After all, he's a doctor. I mean, he went through a whole bunch of school and somebody gave him a bunch of certificates and stuff and it says he's a doctor and he knows a bunch of medical stuff. Okay, understand that, but... Who's giving out the certificates? Who are the gatekeepers? I've used the example before, and I'll say it again. Does the driver's permit really, really, really do any good if it was from the Helen Keller School of Driving? Does it? 
The American Medical Association. American Medical Association. Get this. They're lobbying to remove sex as a legal designation on the public part of birth certificates. The board chair-elect said, quote, designating sex on birth certificates as a male or female and making that information available on the public portion perpetuates a view that sex designation is permanent and fails to recognize the medical spectrum of gender identity. This type of categorization system also risks stifling an individual's self-expression and self-identification and contributes to marginalization and minorization. That's the American Medical Association, not some tiny wingnut group. Again, I'll go back to who's handing out the credentials to all of our credentialed experts out there. Now, that leads me to Governor Christy Noem. Governor Christy Noem. She is the Republican governor of South Dakota. Kind of a dime, too, but we're not going to go into that right now. She was also a rising star, like 15 minutes ago, potential GOP presidential nominee for 2024. I mean, that kind of rising star. And one, you may remember, she was the one who refused to sign the bill, making sure women didn't have to compete against men in sports. But she's at it again. Speaking of vaccine passports, we're going to get to all this Cuomo, New York stuff, and a bunch of stuff in a second, but vaccine passports, you know they're handing down all these mandates. You have to do this, you have to do that. Businesses are requiring employees to get a vaccine, you must get a vaccine. New York City today, get a vaccine to eat here, get a vaccine to shop here. So Christy Nome comes out and says this. Workers whose employers are mandating a vaccine for continued employment have the power to say no. Our robust economy and job market give them the option to find a new employer and values personal choice and responsibility and doesn't force mandates on employers. This, if I could frame anything and paste it on the wall of every home and title it the failure of the right, it would be this right here. You understand that, yes, Anti-American, cultural Marxist radicals control every cultural institution. You know that already. But you do get, they're a minority of the population of this country. People who genuinely hate the country and think like that, it's maybe 20, 30% of the country. They're a minority. So how do they gain control of everything? Because of Republicans just like this. Just like this. The, well, there's nothing I can do about it, Republicans. They have all the cultural institutions, all of them. All we have left, all you and I have left, are some states. The protection, the state power of some individual states. If our Republican governors are going to take the same tired GOP line of, well, live and let live, nothing I can do about that, we're finished. States are all we have left. They're all we have. If these Republican governors aren't going to start showing some teeth in dealing with these communists, then you and I don't have anyone left to protect us. And that's a scary, scary place to be.
credit where it's due, governors like Ron DeSantis in Florida, they're out there banning these mandates, as they should. We have to now play offense in ways we've never played offense before. But the reason we're in this situation is we never played offense before. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now that was this week in wokeism. We have an amazing show. I will address the Cuomo stuff for you. We got Pastor Daryl Scott. We have all that coming up tonight, but first. Home title theft is a big, big, big deal right now. A big deal. You hear all the time about credit card theft. You understand if you own a home, no matter who you are, your home title's online, it's in the cloud, and these crooks like this guy, they're looking for it as we speak. Nobody thinks that I can take their house and borrow against the house. No, no, I have title insurance for that. No, it's, it's in my name, or he would have to get some special document. They would call me. You know, nobody's calling you. After I've stolen the title, borrowed against it, or sold the property, or done whatever I've done with it, it's 60 to 90 days to even figure out that, that they're the victim of this crime. You know, by that point, you start getting foreclosure notices, and you realize you've got four mortgages on your house. Not only that, you don't even own your home anymore. It's not even in your name. Don't get burned like that. The, the stories these people tell when it happens to them, they're heartbreaking. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and sign up today. Make sure you use the promo code RADIO. That gets you 30 days for free. We'll be back. I know you've said you want the investigation to continue. If the investigation confirms the claims of the women, should he resign? Yes, I think he'd probably end up being prosecuted, too. Hmm. That's weird. That was President Biden saying Andrew Cuomo should resign if they finish the investigation and he's found to be guilty. Well, I mean... Letitia James, New York's attorney general, came out and had this to say today. The independent investigation has concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. Specifically, the investigation found that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. At this point in time, our work is concluded um, and we will not be engaging in any criminal investigation with respect to the conduct of the governor of the state of New York. Now. Set all the other noise you've heard today aside for a moment and allow me, before I get to Cuomo's response and all that, allow me to explain to you exactly what's happening and what's going to happen. All right, let's, let's you and I, let's, let's put on our big boy pants and have an adult conversation because here's what I don't like doing on the show. I don't like getting on here and simply telling you things you want to hear. I don't do it. I've never done it. What I, what I would do... If I were to want to do that today, I would come on here and say, Andrew Cuomo is going down. Finally, he's going down in flames to what he, for what he did for those women. And it's so exciting. He's going to resign by tomorrow. Listen, let's talk. 
Let's talk. New York, along with Illinois and Louisiana, it's probably the most corrupt state in the United States of America. And I love New York. That's, that's not me being anti-New York. It's just old and dirty and corrupt. That's the way the place is. Its politics are corrupt and they are ruthless. Andrew Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo's father was the not one, not two, but three-time governor of the state of New York. His brother's a big shot at CNN. The Cuomo family. Do you know the Cuomo family they have a lot of power, a lot of power. So allow me to get ahead of this right now to burst your bubble. Andrew Cuomo is not going down. Andrew Cuomo is not going to resign. Even if President Trump says he should resign, Bill de Blasio came out today and said he should resign, Schumer, everyone else, resign, resign, resign. Even if Biden comes out and says he should resign, Andrew Cuomo is not going to resign. Because Andrew Cuomo doesn't have to resign. Andrew Cuomo is a powerful Democrat in the state of New York, and his last name's Cuomo. Andrew Cuomo will stop being in power the second he doesn't want to be in power anymore. Now, why would another Democrat, the AG, Letitia James, why would she even conduct such a probe? Well, it was political. She doesn't care about any of those women. She doesn't care about sexual harassment. She's going to run against him for governor. She was trying to cut him off at the knees. And I would suspect she's probably going to feel the wrath of an angry Governor Cuomo now that she made this bold attempt. But that's another thing entirely. One, Cuomo's not going to resign. Two, let's try to make sure we're keeping the big deal the big deal. I would never want to minimize the harassment of women. That's gross. Guys, keep your hands to yourself. Don't ever do that. This is a man who did a lot more than slap a secretary on the rear end. This is a man who's directly responsible for the death of more of his citizens than any governor in the history of the United States of America. Andrew Cuomo issued an order that murdered thousands of his own citizens. And they made him a $5.1 million book deal over it. That's the big deal. Andrew Cuomo's not going to resign. Andrew Cuomo's not going down. Andrew Cuomo's not going to get some criminal probe that takes him down. Andrew Cuomo knows everybody who's anybody in the state of New York. You need a judge here to cut you a favor, he's going to have one. You need a cop to do you a favor here, he's going to have that. State senator, state house guy, how many guys like that owe Andrew Cuomo a favor? District attorneys, what kind of lawyers do you think he's going to have? I wish we didn't live in this kind of a country, but you and I are going to have to grow up and accept something. There are people who are subject to laws, like you and I, and there are people who are not subject to laws. They don't go down. Those are powerful Democrats. They do and say as they please, when they please, because we now live in a country that has a two-tier justice system. You want to know if Andrew Cuomo is going to resign? Here's Andrew Cuomo's response. And the facts are much different than what has been portrayed. First, I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. I am 63 years old. I have lived my entire adult life in public view. That is just not who I am. And that's not who I have ever been. 
He's not quitting. He's not quitting at all. He's not quitting because we, we don't get justice anymore. And I don't like saying that. That's not a feel-good thing, right? But it's time for you and I to stop believing things even Republicans tell us. Well, elect me and I'm going to uh, lock up Hillary Clinton. No, you're not. No, you're not. Powerful Democrats don't go down. Barack Obama's FBI, under likely the direction of Barack Obama because of what it looks like, Barack Obama's FBI used false evidence, knowingly used false evidence to get a warrant to spy on a, not only an American citizen, his political opponent. What I just described for you is maybe the most serious crime you can possibly commit in this country, and nobody has even mentioned Barack Obama. Nobody but me. This is not a country where we have justice is blind. This is a country where the haves are protected and the have-nots are thrown to the wolves. Andrew Cuomo's not going down. Stop getting your hopes up about things that are not going to happen. It's not my job to come here and tell you about all the, all the great things that are about to happen right around the corner. Andrew Cuomo has the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card, and that's that big fat D in front of his name. Now, the media, they didn't come out looking that great in all this. Remember the media? Remember how they covered Andrew Cuomo during the pandemic? David, we're sitting by for Governor Cuomo's press conference, his daily briefing. How would you contrast Cuomo and President Trump's handling of the crisis? Truth versus mendacity. Governor Cuomo um, out there day after day after day, everything Trump isn't. Honest, direct, brave. Real leadership of the kind the President of the United States should have provided. Governor Cuomo is clearly living in a totally different reality, the actual one, than the President of the United States. Governor Cuomo has become a national leader. For a lot of people, Andrew Cuomo has become the leader of the Democratic Party. Governor Cuomo, no. I think, is, is, is one of the heroes on, on the front lines. With all of this adulation that you're getting for doing your job, are you thinking about running for president? Andrew Cuomo, who has a daily television show now uh, and has become, in some ways, the shadow uh, president. Maybe Trump is just a little bit mad that Governor Cuomo has become a kind of acting president. Dealing with hardship actually makes you stronger. That's what Governor Cuomo said earlier today. That's what I'm going to go teach my kids right now at home. I'm sorry. I can't help but laugh at Brian Stelter. I'm trying not to. I'm going to be a better person. All right. How's your holster? Where'd you get it? D look, you don't have to write me and be honest. Just where'd you get your holster? Did you go out, purchase your firearm, and then grab one of those bulk-made holsters from the big box hunting stores? Why? You understand holsters wear down. They break over time, and if it breaks at the wrong time, you're dead. I shop at Northwest Retention Systems, not just because they have the coolest designs out there, but because their holsters are custom made. Yes, they're extremely comfortable. Yes, the designs are cool, but they're custom made right here in America. Go protect yourself. You don't, get, you don't buy cheap tires. You don't do stupid things that could cost you your life. Go spend the money on a good holster. Go to nwretention.com. That's nwretention.com. Use the promo code JESSE at checkout for 10% off. We'll be back.
Joining me now is Hogan Gidley. He is the AFPI's director of the Center for Election Integrity. And Hogan, that's where we're going right off the bat because this stuff can't exactly be ignored. We have stuff going on in Georgia, stuff going on in Pennsylvania, stuff going on in Arizona, and you can't seem to get any real information about what the what's going on with these audits. What are the results of these things? Hogan, help me out. Well, look, that's up to the states. I got to be honest, here at the Center for Election Integrity, what we want to make sure of is that these states have laws in place that actually protect every single legal voter and that every single legally cast ballot is counted just once. I know it's a novel concept, but we saw a lot of uh, irregularities, a lot of illegalities, uh, illegalities rather, I should say, a lot of anomalies, a lot of fraud all across the country, if we're, if we're being blunt and being honest about what just happened. And I think we do need to look back to some degree to find out what exactly occurred in these states so we know what to avoid in the upcoming election for 2022. I know there are folks focused on audits in the states you just mentioned, and they'll get to the bottom of that one way or the other, but we can't be caught up looking in the past. We have to focus on the upcoming elections. And if we do that, and we, and we focus on the proper methodology to change the voting laws in the states that actually protect voters and their common sense, people support them 80 to 20 in this country, then we're gonna have an election people can have confidence in again, that people can uh, respect the outcome of. Because if you take a look at polling data, in 2016, about 25% of the people said the wrong person was sworn in. Look at 2020, about 25% of the people say that uh, the wrong person was sworn in. That's a majority of the American people pointing out that they don't think the right person was elected in the last two presidential elections. This is America. That is unacceptable. We have to make sure that these elections are airtight. They haven't been to this point. Democrats and Republicans used to agree on this. We just have to point it out moving forward and make sure the laws are in place. Okay, are we making sure the laws are in place? Which states are and which states aren't making positive steps on this? Because we got an election coming up in about 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, that's about right. we got a lot of states we're looking into right now. Obviously, some of the Tier 1 states involve presidential politics because that's where the media eye is focused. That's where the Democrats are focused. So when you take a look at this country and see Arizona and Nevada, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Florida, North Carolina, uh, up through Virginia, New Hampshire, those are some states we're really taking a look at. Texas is on that docket as well. But the other states is, uh, is, is part of this, too, because... Those other states, while they don't get a lot of the publicity during presidential election years, they still conduct elections every single year, or every other year, I should say. And when you take a look at what they're doing, it's, it's a system that needs a lot of change. Uh, uh, by federal law, these states are supposed to purge their voter rolls and clean them up every six years. They don't. You're telling me in six years, you can't tidy up your house enough to know if the people voting in your election are actually living in your state, those are things we have to fix, and that's what we're looking to do here at the Center for Election Integrity. Okay, by federal law, you said they're supposed to do something, and they're not doing something, so I hate to ask a fairly obvious question, who's going to jail or getting fined or getting in trouble for this? I, I mean, I know if I violated federal law, I'd have the feds at my studio door about five minutes from now. Uh, if you worked for Hillary, you wouldn't probably, but that's another story yeah. altogether. Yeah. Look, 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 look I, I just have to say um, that that's one of the, the one of the platforms of our center is the is the litigation arm. We're taking a look into these states and finding out 
who exactly is at fault and and what can we do to prevent this from happening in the future if that is a lawsuit if that if that is um, some type of legal action we're going to take it because the american people deserve no less um, this is this is a country that deserves free fair safe secure honest elections and they haven't been getting that for a long time and you know in the past you would hear abstract stories and the media would dismiss them the media are still dismissing them now the difference is you have people on the ground engaged with video uh, with pictures with evidence saying this happened to me so it's no longer little small pockets um, that we can't ever really get to the bottom of or prove these are significant swaths of people signing affidavits doing certain things to try and draw out the truth, and it's time the truth be told, and the media is going to try to ignore it, but we know that the American people aren't going to stand for it. You've seen kind of bubbling up at the local level how much anger is out there as it relates to cancel culture and critical race theory in these school board meetings. Finally, people are standing up at the local level. I think you're going to see the same thing for election integrity because as polling shows, it's kind of going back and forth at the moment, but uh, getting getting safe, secure, uh, free, fair, honest elections is the number one issue in this country. Are, do the borders matter when it comes to the midterm elections, Hogan? And I ask because, obviously, it's a gigantic hypocrisy thing with the Democrats. You have to have a vaccine. You have to have a vaccine passport. But there's the border wide open. These border numbers are, are shocking. I would assume that hurts them politically, but maybe people don't really care about the border. It's the first issue that really has Joe Biden on his heels. And it's the first issue that polling showed the American people disapproved of what Joe Biden was doing was at the southern border. This has been a problem in this country for quite some time. Thankfully, I worked in the Trump administration where we had a president who stood up and said, we don't have a country if we don't have borders. So we did historic things like a safe third agreement where you had to wait in another country before you actually got into our borders if you were trying to become a citizen. Um, we, we had the lowest numbers of drugs coming into this country, human trafficking, child smuggling, horrific things happening along that journey. Uh, we built a border wall, something that the Democrats used to be for, but of course, weren't for it once Donald Trump was in office. So there were things that we were doing out there that was actually uh, securing our American communities and our neighborhoods and our families. Joe Biden's done the exact opposite. And see, policies matter. They have an impact on the American people. And so now there was a big abrupt change when Joe Biden took uh, over in the White House. We know that you used to be able to afford gas. Now you got to think about it. You used to have uh, you know, cheap goods and services, food in this country. Now all of a sudden the products are going up with inflation because of Joe Biden's policies. But one of the first things he did was completely open the southern border. And I have to say, it's no coincidence that Joe Biden is opening the southern border at the very same time the Democrats and his administration are pushing for no voter ID laws because they don't care who votes as long as they vote for them. That's obviously a problem. But the American people are feeling the impact because when you flood the southern border with more than a million people already this year, it puts a strain on American communities for their school systems, their health care, other goods and services. It's a serious problem. The American people are feeling it. And I think they're really angry at Joe Biden for doing it. And look, think of it this way. If you had more than a million people coming in this country, let's say they were Russian, what would the people be saying about that? They'd be furious. They'd accuse uh, that country of trying to invade America. 
but we've had systematic problems on the southern border now for decades with people coming across illegally and unlawfully. And the last thing I'll say is I was wrong about something. I'm just going to tell you I was wrong. What I thought was going to happen was that when those people got to the southern border, tried to get into this country, the Democrats would have no choice but to let them in because that's their policy, but that they would vaccinate them before they vaccinated the American people. And I thought that would be the catalyst to get people furious. I was completely wrong because Democrats decided just let them in anyway. We don't even need to test them for COVID. We don't need to worry about COVID. Don't mask them up. Don't give them vaccinations. Just put them into your communities and let you feel the brunt of it. Hogan Gidley, thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. Sure. Anytime. You know, we have an app. I mean, there's an app for everything now, right? Well, there's an app for the first. If you go to your app store, you can download the first TV app. What do you get? Well, you get basically the greatest gift in the world. You get me whenever you want it. Now, granted, you get obviously all of our great programming and all of our great stars. You get to watch the whole thing live and you get anyone you want on demand anytime you want. Go get the first TV app and enjoy. All right, we got Pastor Daryl Scott. He and I are going to argue about something. Hang on. We're diving right into it because I love this guy. Joining me now, Pastor Daryl Scott, author of the book, Nothing to Lose, Unlikely Allies in the Struggle for a Better Black America. Pastor, as much as it physically pains me to do so, I have to admit there are people out there who are much more important than I am. You apparently are one of them. You talk to the president all the time. Why are you talking to the president? Hey, I call him up to, to shoot the breeze. <laughs> you know, he and I he and I have a long relationship. We go back over 10 years, and so I just call him up to check in, see what's up, see what he's up to. And, um, you know, he answers the phone. If, if he doesn't answer, he'll call me back. And so we talked a couple times this past week. Um, we talked about, you know, state politics in different areas. He still maintains the fact that the election was stolen. And so we talk about that a little bit, and he says things like, man, if you saw what I saw, if you're able to see what I've seen, you would be, you know, totally convinced. Not that I'm not convinced, but we talked, you know, talked a little bit, talked about different races around the country. And, um, you know, he told me recently, I was actually with him at Bedminster, he said, I'm just treading water right now. I'm treading water right now. And so that's where he's at. I don't sweat him too much about, are you going to run? Are you not going to run? Are you going to run? Are you not going to run? But so I, I don't I don't I don't do that. If he wants to talk about it, I will. Pastor, how'd that relationship start? You know what? People don't realize I met Trump at a prayer meeting <laughs> back in 2011. He was thinking about running for. And by the way, I covered in my book. He was going to run in 2012 against Obama, and Paula White introduced us. Uh, it was myself and another, uh, a few other preachers, and we were in the room with her. And Donald Trump came in. And he said, I asked Paula to bring some of her friends here who she thinks hears from God because I'm thinking about running for president and I need you guys to pray on me that God gives me the wisdom to make the right decision. That was back in 2011. And afterwards, we um, talked for a long time and I liked the guy. And um, we traded numbers and we stayed in touch over the years. In 2015, you know, when he decided not to run, I was somewhat disappointed because I would have rolled with him then because I didn't like Obama. And in 2015, he called and said, uh, I'm about to run. You still rolling with me? I said, of course. And so, you know, the rest is history. 
All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room today. You can't walk five steps without somebody bringing up Andrew Cuomo to you. Pastor, I'm only 40. I try not to be a cynical, bitter old man quite yet, but I don't understand what I see all these people. Cuomo's going down. Cuomo's going to resign. His name's Andrew Cuomo. His family is as wired in with every good and bad element of New York as humanly possible. He's not going down, and I don't, why pe don't know why people get their hopes up. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. He's not going down. He's not resigning. He's not stepping aside. Ah. He's doubling down. Kiss. Well, I can't tell. <laughs> you know, he's in KMA mode. <laughs> and it is what it is. You talk about the Italian stallion right here. He's not just going out. He's not going to roll over and play dead. Okay, the dining ban. That's, I, I don't, not New York City specifically, but as a country. I, I'm a history freak. I'm sure you probably are. I, I see an entire history of the world. There are a million and one examples of countries creating separate classes of people. Yeah. And I feel like whatever people feel about coronavirus or the vaccine or whatever, I feel like we're very much creating two different classes of people. And the next step in that process is not good. Am I over-dramatizing this? Because I see it in front of my eyes. No, no, you're not. And listen, Cuomo, believe me, Cuomo knew those charges were coming down today. And so how do you put out a fire? You start another fire. So Cuomo had to do something uh, to deflect from this negative publicity. And so he comes out with these mask mandates. You know, they're not Jim Crow, but they're Jim Crow-ish. They're Jim Crow-ish. And so it brings controversy up to deflect from uh, the controversy surrounding him and makes it seem like, you know, I have bigger and more important things to do. I'm trying to preserve the safety of New York City. And while you guys are coming at me with these uh, improper allegations, these false allegations, but I'm looking out for the city. And so it's still, it's politics, it's political maneuvering. But, you know, a lot of New Yorkers are going to be upset, man. Now they have to eat inside again. They can't go out and hang out at the watering holes. They can't do this or that unless and until they've been vaccinated and show proof of vaccination. And we're just hoping that stuff doesn't spread around the entire country uh, because um, it's, it's, a, it's a threat to our civil liberties. It certainly is. It's a threat to businesses, too. I don't know how oh, yeah. some of these small businesses are going to survive when you're alienating at least half your customer base. I'll never understand it. All right. We have to argue about something. I saw the women's soccer team lose at the Olympics. I saw that, what's her name, Gwen Berry lose at the Olympics. These are famously people who have been dumping on the flag, kneeling for the anthem, all that normal stuff. And I'm happy. I like it when people who <laughs> internationally go dump on my country lose. I don't root for them. They hate me, and I feel the same way. You disagree. Why am I wrong? You know, I hate, I want them to lose, but I want America to win more. And so I, I want America to win because when you look back on Olympics in the past, you know, you look at the medals and everything, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's representative of our country. Listen, I've had people play on sports teams that I've hated, but I wanted the team to win. I'm, I'm from Cleveland, you know, I hated some of the Browns, but I still wanted the team to win. <laughs> and so, you know, I've hated quarterbacks that we've had, but I wanted the team to win. And so that's the way I feel. To me, those athletes that do that are idiots. They've been played, manipulated. They're going to look back and regret that. You look back in 1968, Tommy Davis and the other guy, I can't remember his name, they raised their fist in a black power salute while George, For For I mean, George Foreman waved the American flag. They called George Foreman a coon and an Uncle Tom. George For Foreman is a billionaire right now. Tommy Davis and those guys are broke. 
And they're going to look back at it. They're young. They're impressionable. They were manipulated by the media, social pressure. They're not coming home to a hero's welcome. They're not even coming home to an anti-hero welcome. They're coming home to, to go into anonymity. She'll be forever remembered as the shot put her, nobody even remembers her name now, that did what she did. She won't get any endorsement money. She won't get applauded or celebrated. She'll be working at uh, Burger King or somewhere. And um, the only reason I'm citing Burger King is because I bought a Whopper Junior the other day, and they charged me $2.89 for it. And I was in that line raising hell. And so I'm mad at Burger King. So she'll be working at Burger King and wishing she had done something else. If she had celebrated and applauded her country, she would have come home to a hero's welcome. Even though she was only a third place finisher, she would have had endorsement deals, whatever, that could have set her family and her children's children up for life. But she took the dumb route. It was stupid. And she's dumb for protesting and she's dumb. I'm pro-America. I'm anti those protesters, but I want our country to be represented well. Well, one, it's not to, it's not 1980 anymore, Pastor. Right. Burgers cost money now; they cost <laughs> real money. And two, uh, this has always bothered me about, uh, and this really comes from all these radical leftist groups, yeah. be it the Black Lives Matter, the feminists, or the environmentalists, or whatever. I, I understand that some people believe these things. Some people were charlatans. But what bothers me is parents and mentors who pass down bitterness to people on yeah. purpose. Even if you believe it, don't you want your child to be happy? I talked about this on my radio show, that that, that lady, uh, Gwen Berry. Look, whatever, whether you agree or disagree, look at that woman. She looks miserable all the time. She looks okay. like she just bit I, into a bad piece of fish at all times. Why would you want that for someone? But, but I can say this to Jesse, and maybe I'll take the hit for it, and I'm black, so I can say it. You said you're gonna be, she ugly as all get out too. Now I'm sorry, maybe you have to edit that off of here. <laughs> I think her ugliness surpasses her bitterness, but beauty is in the eye of the beholder. I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, I don't understand what she calls herself doing. I don't understand it at all. And she's bitter, she's hateful, she's evil. Why are you even over there participating in the first place? She, she tried to make a statement or something, and it fell flat. It didn't work. She's not applauded or celebrated Pastor, by anybody. She's, she's living in infamy from here on out. Pastor, I, I, on, a, on a larger level, on a macro level, I, whether people like sports or not, I've, I've been trying to tell people for a long time, sports are an important part of every society, whether it's a tiny tribe somewhere or a big nation. The history of the world says sport is going to be part of it. Whatever that sport, sport is, it helps bring people together. It's an excuse to bring people together. It's a common thing. I think our sports going away from that is actually furthering the divide of the country. I think it hurts us, I do. I think you're right. Sports used to be a unifier. You know, we saw people, yeah. we would see different ethnicities hugging in the stands when their team mm -hmm. won. When I see that the great Pee Wee Reese died recently, and I read the book by Roger Kahn, The Boys of Summer, a great book, and it talks about when Jackie Robinson came into the league, played for the Brooklyn Dodgers, and how he breaking that color barrier, you know, it, it extended into the locker room where they became teammates and brothers, uh, regardless of what their race was. I grew up playing sports all my life, and the color didn't factor into the equation when we played on teams together. But they're trying to bring that crap into the locker room. They're trying to bring that racism and division into the locker room. And it really, it really has no place in sports. It's a, it should be a collective unifying effort rather than something that disrupts and divides um, by, by ethnicity. 
Well, that's an important cultural pillar. Pastor Daryl Scott, thank you, sir. All right, man. Hey, edit that part out about me calling that girl ugly if it gets you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, see what we can I do. No care. promises. I'm too I'll old see to Hey, I'm so old, I can use my age as an excuse to say something. <laughs> I love that guy. All right. Time to lighten the mood. Next. It's important you and I remember as we lighten the mood here, we're not alone. You hear me there? We're not alone. There are millions and millions and millions and millions of Americans who think just like you. Check this out. like you. I'll see you tomorrow.